Shall we do the music? Let's do I am. Um, if I had to put a number on it, uh, 7.1. That's not not bad. What, That's a first. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I am probably like a 5.5. Oh, trying that. to stay optimistic. I mean, it's better than average, but it's still not like up there. No, it's you wish you did better. Yeah. <laughs> You're struggling through. <laughs> Um, but staying positive about it. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm actually going in certain. Oh, well, actually, I... <laughs> <laughs> so, like, too. it is officially, like, week three of lockdown? Week four? Yeah, four. Maybe four? Yeah. And, yeah. And I've lost count. I don't know what to do with myself anymore. Mm. Gets difficult, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I was... So what have you like, been filling your time with? Like I was telling you off, uh, off, uh, like I've just been watching the most fucking random shit. Just <laughs> I finally got, just I finally got around to watching that Tiger King thing. Oh yeah. Um, holy shit! What? It's insane, isn't it? What? Actually insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've. I love how you're like three weeks later than everybody else. No, it's just because like everyone was babbling on about it and I was like it can't be that good like I don't watch TV that much anyway to begin with but when yeah. like when you run out of sort of uh, gives like, like fucks to give and books to read and other things you're like right I'll finally start watching TV again and then <laughs> they put that on and you're like uh what this is TV now <laughs> <laughs> is this real life yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a bit fucking crazy isn't it? I, I think I said to you and I think I said this to anybody who mentioned about Tiger King but every episode there's just something new that happens where you're like this is like there's more (laughs) (laughs) this gets weirder (laughs) there's more people that just have tigers and fucking have really like shady shady lives so if there's anyone out there that has literally anything else to watch send me the links I'm happy to watch it because the stuff <laughs> I've been watching is fucking ridiculous. Um, me and my family have binged watched seasons one to eight of Game of Thrones <laughs> in like a week, in four weeks, <laughs> in four oh, weeks. Uh, but even so, that is ridiculous. <laughs> I watched a documentary on the societal norms of Sweden. <laughs> of course, you did. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? It's. Like it was, it was on YouTube. It was in the recommended. I was like, "All right then." Uh, turns out <laughs> this is today. <laughs> Swedes are fucking awesome. I, I, yeah. <laughs> like they've got this thing that like it was. It was like a a fictional thing from a book. It's called. I, I'm gonna absolutely fucking <laughs> ruin this word. <laughs> I think it's Yontalagen. Okay. But it it's like these sort of ten laws that came from a book way back right. when and it's like it's meant to be satire of like you're um, you're not to think that you're anyone special you're not to think that you're better than anyone else you're meant to be yeah. part of the society you're not meant to be like 
you're not meant to be thinking that anyone actually cares about what you think and stuff like that okay <laughs> and apparently like quite the, the opposite to like british growing up yeah then. like well it's, yeah because we've got like a class system and there's like lower class working class middle class hi- like higher class yeah. whereas like apparently this is like a thing now that like sweden does where it's just like you like if someone has like a new car uh, and someone says oh that looks expensive like your instinct is just to say oh yeah like i got it cheap it's not like a thing i like you're not meant it's like the opposite of bragging or like yeah i like that though i think everybody can take a leaf out of that book yeah but it also like in my head it sort of doesn't that like diminish creativity a bit though like if you're not allowed to think that you're smarter than anyone then obviously like you you don't want to sort of like brush like brushly say it to anyone like i'm fucking cleverer than you but like if you're sort of being put in this sort of box of like you're exactly the same as everyone else and don't think that you are any better does that not make you sort of just want to be part of the herd and just be another sheep? <laughs> might do. And then for some people, it might make you like more wanting to stand out yeah. because you don't want to be like that. Or it could just be like, I think stuff like that, like if it's a completely different way of life and way of thinking, like creativity is always going to exist. You're always going to have creative people. But you probably just wouldn't have like massive competitive like behaviors yeah well apparently which yeah. i would not mind because i'm not of the competitive sort <laughs> no, i wouldn't say i'm competitive i'm 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 an asshole yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not an asshole <laughs> you can be a but, bit arrogant you're not an asshole <laughs> well, it's not even that i'm arrogant it's that i'm just i really don't care about what the majority of people have going on in their lives to the <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> I am deeply apathetic, is what you just said. Yeah, like, like, it's just, someone tells me a story about their kid fucking just burped and wiped shit on the wall. Like, it, it, This is you trying to tell me what? that you don't want to hear me talk about my nephew, isn't it? No, no, like, <laughs> this is I all mean, this is. When, you, when you tell me about your nephew, I know that you enjoy it. So, like, I'll wade through Play the storm <laughs> <laughs> but at, at the end of it i don't know if you're expecting me to say something positive or just to accept the thing that you just said so <laughs> most of the conversations that you have about your nephew to me always end in mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i know yeah. i know i know you have no interest whatsoever but... it's not that it's not that i don't have interest i have interest <laughs> in your life obviously otherwise we wouldn't be friends no no i know that but like i know that if i came to you about like mm, a book that i've read yeah. you'll be way more engaged than if i said <laughs> my nephew did this really funny thing i just watched just the like, last season of love yeah. island and i'm like i'm just gonna go right okay i'm gonna stop you there <laughs> <laughs> thankfully i would never do that to you <laughs> I am. Um, you know what I did uh, think about a lot though in watching Game of Thrones. Yeah. Is this how people hear me? <laughs> like, <laughs> the amount of people I'm Northern. expecting for to like, yeah, classes either Jon Snow or like just one of the North or yeah. a, a wildling or something. It's like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, yeah. That's I get why it. from the North is <laughs> technically true. <laughs> kind of like that, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what we sound like, and it's real cringe, yeah. actually. 
You know what I really think as well with Game of Thrones, and come for me if you want, but watching it the second time, it's good. I love it as a series. Yeah. Absolutely love the whole like idea of it. I liked the ending. I know it's very controversial, but some of the acting in it is absolutely abysmal. <laughs> <laughs> like some of it is just the most unbelievable, like just not there acting. <laughs> it's just not. And it's just not there. I'm not an actor. I don't know how to do it. Yeah. But it's just like you know, you watch something, and you're like, even I don't believe you. Even yeah. I don't believe what you just said. <laughs> and you've got dragons, like, and I still don't believe yeah. what you just said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just too much. Tame it down. Or bring it up a notch. So anyway, yeah, that's what we've been doing the past month. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah. Um, if you want to send help, um, please do. <laughs> Cause yeah, please do. I'm going around the bend. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> so uh, this week... As we said in the last one, I'm going to be doing something that I recently have become sort of more well-versed in than I was, say, like, last year. Oh. Yeah. Is uh, positron emission tomography. So, um, obviously, I'm still not a radiologist, so I've not sort of gone into any sort of PhD level quality into this. So, this is just a <laughs> sweeping declaration. These are the basics of what you need to know if you're going for a PET scan or if you're going into anything that you want to sort of just have a quick understanding or if you know someone who's going for a PET scan. These are the basics and hopefully this will sort of put people at ease or if they just want to know a little bit more about PET scanning, then here you are. You're welcome. Here we go. Um, Just as a brief note. Yeah. (laughs) I haven't even listened listened to last week's episode because I know I butchered an explanation of MRI, so <laughs> I don't need to hear that twice. <laughs> it's fine. It, if people so... really, really want to comment on anything that you said, they're more than welcome to. But like we say in almost every episode, there's a nice way to go about it. Yeah. We ain't experts as well. Yeah. Definitely ain't. I not. mean, you're so... a, obviously like a lot more in that field than I am like as a not biochemist really. so like uh, so I know more about like the body side of it whereas you're more the sort of chemist side of it yeah but, anyway, but I I digress yeah <laughs> I did like a bit on the theory of nuclear magnetic resonance at uni but because I did like my final year was basically pharmacology and regret doing it it was well i don't know if i do actually i love pharmacology it's probably one of my favorite sort of areas it's it's the most interesting to me but i wouldn't say it has given me a lot to like use in a sense so like i think especially for my phd i would have benefited because like i didn't do phys chem for the like third and fourth year yeah like at all and then did like a lesser amount of inorganic as well so it was like i wish i'd had that in like my knowledge for my phd but i didn't but anyway but yeah so just to clarify um when we said about half-lives of contrast agents last week didn't mean it had half-life and it's radioactive i just meant time taken for it to like leave your body yeah that was all (laughs) um yeah expulsion time not half-life yeah 
Um, so my bad. And I apologise for all the vertical, horizontal, terrible explanation shit. But there you go. Let's carry on. <laughs> Spin. <laughs> Sam will do a better job this week. <laughs> oh, you just don't put too much fucking pressure on me, will you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway. So, you cl- I, I'm just, what I'm trying to think of is the best way to go about this, because I've got an idea of what I want to say. Hmm. Instantly regret it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was me last week. Yeah. So, um, so positron emission is uh, nuclear medicine imaging, uh, which uses small amounts of radioactive material to diagnose, evaluate, or treat uh, a variety of diseases. So, okay. Uh, so it doesn't matter if it's like cancer, heart disease, gastrointestinal, endocrine neurological doesn't matter any sort of abnormality towards tissue or fluids or anything like that it will pick it up uh, because nuclear medicine exams can pinpoint molecular activity as they have a potential to identify diseases in the earlier stages of the disease which is mm. actually what I believe to make it not to dish yours but that's why I think pets are a little bit better than MRI yours is <laughs> Yours is a bit faster. I'm not offended, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't invent MRI, as we all know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think PET's a little more sort of... It can it can get that point of where the those two lines of recognising the disease and treating the disease, it can find that focal point a lot quicker than MRI can. Right. Um, which I really feel is a lot more beneficial because you want... Yeah. You may not know you have the disease until it's too late so if you can go for a scan before you even get the symptoms pet might be able to pick it up before you even realize so, uh, so nuclear medicine imaging uh, procedures are normally non-invasive with the exception of intravenous injection so apart from actually sort of physically syringing it into your skin most of the time <laughs> it's either uh cavital or peros so by mouth um nice um, so these tests use radioactive materials which are called radiopharmaceuticals um, or radio traces to help doctors diagnose and evaluate different medical conditions so radio tracer molecules uh, are linked to or labelled if you want to call it that uh, with a small amount of a radioactive material that can be detected on a PET scanner Um radio traces accumulate depending on what the actual sort of secondary ligand is towards the metal um, to different regions so like uh, regions of inflammation or tumours stuff like that so it depends on what you're actually sort of putting into the body and depends on where the tracer will go okay um, they, they can also bind to specific proteins in the body so the most common radio tracer is uh, F18 uh, fluorodeoxyglucose or FDG so it's basically just like a sugar uh, with a, uh, a fluorine molecule on it um, which has a particular half-life that the image can see but uh, as a lot of people might not know um, cancer fucking loves sugar <laughs> it mm-hmm. will eat that shit up so if you put yeah. sugar in it's the first place it's going to go towards the tumour yeah 
So if you label that with a, a, a radio pharmaceutical like F18, then it's going to go. That's the first thing you're going to see in the with a PET scanner. Um, cool. Uh, and that's always sort of one thing that I really wish that you could do with more sort of therapeutic drugs rather than just imaging drugs. If you could just yeah. put a drug on a sugar and then just go have at it, and then it would just work. <laughs> and it would just be that selective. Go. Yeah, that would be brilliant. But it don't work like that. <laughs> no, which is it is frustrating. Which is annoying um, because like I... like ninety percent of um, most pharmaceuticals are sort of bioconjugates that are selected by either sugar or proteins or antibodies and stuff like that but yet there's yeah. still not that 100 percent selectivity that will allow for that particular sort of like okay we can put something that we know is definitely going to kill it but we'll kill nothing else surrounding it yeah that's that's the whole thing with like particularly like cancer therapy though isn't it is we have a lot of drugs but as a lot of people know chemotherapy for cancer because you're killing a cancer cell they tend to be not really that good at just targeting the cancer cell they target a lot of other things in your body as well, well. yeah since you've done a lot of work with like cisplatin and stuff you can sort of, sort of verify that that cisplatin is not like it's incredibly toxic it's not like it doesn't just go yeah. for tumor cells like it's more of a sort of hopefully it kills the Kill tumor all. before it kills the rest <laughs> of you <laughs> so. yeah yeah it's, it's nasty yeah yeah but it, I think, I mean, I know that with cisplatin, it's mainly used for like prostate cancer. Um, and I think a lot of people tend to go for like um, just having the tumor removed with prostate cancer. Um, but that can lead to like a lot of other problems. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's definitely like, it's nasty. Yeah. And if you work with it, it means that you're also then resistant to it, <laughs> which <Well>, yeah. <laughs> is great. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you work with platinum drugs and then you get cancer somewhere down the line, completely useless. Ain't do shit. Not as much use as a chocolate teapot. <laughs> yeah. So, fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> so as I was saying, like uh, depending on the type of exam, uh, so the radio tracer can either be injected, swallowed, or inhaled as a gas. Um, and it eventually accumulates around the area of the body under examination and then you get a special camera uh, or imaging device that detects the radioactive emission of the radio tracer um, and the camera sort of device produces pictures and provides sort of molecular information towards the tissue that you're looking at um, if uh, anyone out there that wants to sort of know what positron emission actually means it's basically in the title it's a mission of positrons <laughs> so <laughs> as amy sort of went over last week um most atoms oh, well all atoms have a, a a particular setup of three different things you have protons neutrons and then surrounded by electrons so the nucleus in the middle is no, uh, mostly just protons and neutrons uh, but there's a difference in what makes what an atom or a particular atom so if you're looking at a, a i don't know like a helium atom it's got two protons it can only have two protons that's all it can have if it get, if you get rid of one of those protons it's hydrogen now it's nothing else yeah. however yeah. if you get rid of an uh, get rid of a neutron it's not 
necessarily just hydrogen now. It's just an isotope of helium. So yeah. what positron emission is, is using one of these atoms that has a unfavorable unfavorable amount of these protons in its nucleus. So what happens is this is classed as an unstable atom or a parent uh, unstable parent atom. This then breaks down one of the protons to make it more favorable or stable in the system and it does that by breaking it down back to and then emission of a positron and two gamma photons and what the actual camera of the machine does is it recognizes these two gamma photons that come off uh, which are uh, parallel of each other or uh, 180 of each other and like what they measure is the distance of where what hits what where so like as these two uh, gamma photons hit the machine or hit the camera the machine recognizes where they are in time and space and just go okay yeah that's what it is pinpoints uh, and then it basically sort of draws an image on what those points are um yeah. you could go further into it and talking about like scintillation crystals about how it's like because <laughs> gamma photons are basically light they um need something to recognize it and then put it into a frequency so what yeah. what scintillation crystal crystals are is that they are a particular type of crystal that is it absorbs a particular light and it gives a particular wavelength so like um if you give it a particular photon it hits the crystal the crystal goes oh, i don't like it releases it <laughs> off as a frequency rather than as another form of light and then yeah. the machine reads this frequency better than it does light so uh okay. so that is basically positron emission it's just basically a camera that measures light that comes from a particular atom degrading and the best thing about these is that depending on the atom that you're using um all these sort of half lives are always the same every time so it doesn't matter like if you're using as many fluorine atoms as you like they're all going to degrade the same way uh, it's the yeah, same with, so it doesn't matter yeah. on the dust or anything. No, so gallium. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter on the dust because, like, it's a radioactive compound, so you don't want to be sort of killing someone yeah, with radiation. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like within the limits that yeah would permit. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, like if depending on how long you want the thing to be in the body, or how long you want uh, your tracer to be in the body, is relative to what atom in particular you should be using. Yeah. So, um, like I said, the most common ones FDG, and if you want to read up on about it, uh, there is a great article which I will link that sort of goes into it a lot better. That um, also sort of basically came up with why it was so useful in the first place, like uh, and how it was discovered and stuff like that. So if you sort of want to read into the history of PET and CT and stuff like that, definitely worth a read. I found it really interesting. If you don't, mm. yeah, I'll see for course. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you got the gist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Ooh. many centers superimpose uh, these nuclear medicine images with computer tomography or MRI, and um, to okay. produce special uh, these sort of specialized views 
of something. So it's sort of like it's just getting a better resolution overall. Mm. Sort of validifying the sort of initial image. Um, this is known as image fusion or co-registration. And these views allow for doctors to correlate and in, in, interpret information from two different exams onto one image. This leads to more of a precise information and accurate diagnosis. So it's just basically covering your back. Yeah, yeah. Because doctors get sued a lot. <laughs> yes, they are in charge. Well, I was going to say in charge of people's lives, but that's definitely not the wording mm. that I mean. They um have a lot of responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> Do not envy. So there's a few different ways you can sort of correlate different things. So there's SPECT CT, which is single photon electron uh, uh, emission computer tomography and there's also pet mri which is sort of an emerging uh, imaging technology however it's not universally available at the moment because it's quite a expensive and extravagant sort of set of equipment that you need to get those two images simultaneously yeah so i was gonna say so how does that work do but i I mean i guess you just answered my question already because i was gonna say would you have MRI and then pet imaging, or would it? Well, be you can. Well, like you can. Yeah. Well, you can either do it in series or in parallel. So you kind of have like specialist equipment that does both. Or, but oh, if you cool. if you do have the time, say if it's like a, a radio tracer that lasts like four hours, you can mm. necessarily like if you wanted to try and get both done in the same time frame, um, okay. rather than sort of having to sort of double dose. If so. so pet scan can do. A lot of things. It's not necessarily just for diagnosis of illnesses. It can detect things like metabolism. So, like, just basically how your body functions as a whole. And mm. uh, it helps doctors evaluate how organs and tissues are func- functioning overall. So, like, if, if it's for people that are getting older or, like, geriatric patients or anything like that, and they just want to know how everything's ticking along, you can do a PET and just be like, yep. Yeah, Everything's going cushy at the moment. You're still fit as a fiddle. <laughs> Everything's going. You've all got cushy. corona. You're all gonna die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we need a um, corona swagger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not allowed to say the c word anymore. <laughs> Cunt. <laughs> <laughs> we'll replace it with that. That works a lot better. A lot more palatable. <laughs> so, um. If like if you are going for a PET scan, um, I'm just gonna go through some sort of brief ideas of what would be like the best way to prepare for it and stuff like that. So, ooh, do go on. Um, so from what I've read, um, I haven't actually had one myself, but I know a few people in the industry, and I've sort of read a few papers this week that basically sort of go through the overall procedure of how it's meant to go. Um, cool. And this is just in the UK as well. I've not actually read any sort of US or international papers, so I can't really go I mean, the the US is complicated enough. Like, I mean, you could put... Just by yeah, state. You, you could just do a Donald <laughs> Trump and put Dettol up your bum or something like this. Whatever you feel like. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you went for yeah. up your bum. Yeah, well, yeah. A, nice. a, a fucking bleach colonic. <laughs> I'll cure that coronavirus. It, uh, like sad tangent. That interview. Well, that um, press release. Yeah, that press release was fucking hilarious. I mean, it's not, but it was. It's like wait, it's I just. He was just saying words, like any words. It was like, oh, we're gonna try light. 
We're li- we're light work. That's all he ever does. Yeah. What do you mean we're light work? <laughs> we're trying the UV light. Yeah. That was also a concern to me. No one else picked up on that. But like, don't go fucking blasting yourselves with UV light. Yeah. That's what we've been telling people you know, not to do. Do you for know years. why you wear sun cream? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cancer. <laughs> don't get it. <laughs> it's because of UV light. The sun gives off fucking loads. So yeah. you wear sun cream to stop not that. Very good so for you, put really. it directly into your fucking. Like that's what your skin's for is to protect you. <laughs> it's just I I I can't even. I mean, like he's probably like. So this is the thing. He has a medical advisory board, yeah, and they will do a good job. They are obviously yeah experts in the field. Obviously, no one's doubting that. Yeah, but. The whole thing with this is he didn't tell people to inject themselves and he didn't say, you know, go and drink bleach. He didn't say those words. But why the fuck are you commenting on things that you clearly do not understand in the slightest? No, what, like, no, one of the scariest bits was he was just saying drugs and then just saying, I might take it. I might do words. it. I might do it. And he's like, Hi, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like hydroxychloroquine. He's like, yeah, I might take it. Like, yeah. Why not? I've not even got coronavirus, but I might <laughs> yeah. take it because I Saturday know more night, about coronavirus not? than anybody. <laughs> it's like, That's so crazy, um, I know you hate TikTok, but I'm just going to... You need to move past your stubbornness no, because once I'm, people I'm do, you find it so much more fun. I, like, I'm not a social I don't care. I don't person care. anymore. Anyway, there was a TikTok and it was someone... <laughs> it was like the voiceover of Trump just talking about any old shit as he always does. And it was just like a girl absolutely like hammered like with a glass of wine just going yeah so i i you, you know the things that i'm talking about the things and you know and like doing one of trump's rants but it just fits so fucking beautifully <laughs> like that is a drunk person talking <laughs> yeah he is like a drunk toddler he's, he's fucking he is insane. he is um but anyway so anyway side yeah. tangent we won't delve into that anymore basically so if you go for a pet scan um so they might ask you to wear a gown during the exam or you might be allowed to wear your own clothing it's a preference of the hospital uh if you feel uncomfortable with wearing a gown or anything like that um you can raise your voice and just say i don't feel comfortable wearing a gown and they will try and sort of find alternate alternative arrangements and stuff like that but most of the time just just wear the gown <laughs> just wear the gown yeah. um women should always tell their doctors and technologists if there's any possibility that they're pregnant or if they're breastfeeding um as pet ct um basically anywhere in radiology there is always a chance that you could be in a zone of like x-ray procedures and stuff like that so you really want to be careful just to say like regardless of what test you're getting in radiology even if it's non-invasive just sort of say by the way um pregnant at the moment is there any chance that like there's any sort of x-ray machines going on at the moment that i could be potentially sort of going near and then they'll, so, they'll take that further. So. so why is that important? X-rays and pregnancy? Because. Pregnant, not pregnancy. Pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know this about X-rays. Real fucking dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I do, but explain to the people. <laughs> what do you want me to say? I don't know. It's fucking X-rays. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right. Why do you reckon like the the entire radiology department like wear lead plates when you sort of? Yeah, I know, but like people have X-rays, don't they? Yeah. Like, but like there's a, there's, a there's, risk with there's a limitation to the amount of X-rays you can have. Yes. Like so, what I was leading on to was like that might then be damaging to the unborn child. <laughs> well, it's a, it's damaging to everyone. 
yeah. So if it's damaging it's to the like... mum, it's damaging to the baby. Okay. It's like I was having a conversation with one of my mates who is um, pregnant at the moment, and she said, um, if I get the coronavirus, is it going to be detrimental to the baby? I said, yes. She said, why? I said, because it's a respiratory disease. And the only way the mm. baby gets oxygen at the moment is you. So yeah. if you're not getting oxygen, neither is the baby. So that's mm. why it's dangerous. So uh, she was like, oh, yeah, that makes more sense. I was like, it doesn't, like, it sounds like common sense to a lot of people, but there are certain things that you just don't think about. Like, the baby isn't breathing at the moment. It's only getting blood supply through you. So you yeah, just have yeah. to sort of, it's not like it's got gills or anything. So. Yeah. It's not like the baby's going to get the coronavirus. Like, no, no. It wouldn't affect it's it in more that way. Like, but yeah. Whatever's damaging you is in proxy, potentially dam- yeah, it's always damaging the have baby. An so, yeah. So. Yeah. So that's why, like, regardless of, like, even if you're going for quite a sort of obscure or, like, a minimal test or anything like that, or, like, if you're just going for any information, just sort of say, by the way, currently pregnant at the moment, uh, is there any chance I can get some more information about what's going on, just so I can feel comfortable before we go ahead with the procedure? And I feel that's completely acceptable. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think um, they always have to ask you that anyway, like... Um, even when I'd gone for my MRI, I got asked like multiple times if I if there was a chance that I could be pregnant. Yeah. Like at each stage, because obviously they don't want you going anywhere where you might be subjected to anything. Yeah, and um, obviously because we are uh, a lot of the um radio traces that they use do involve like um modified sugars and stuff like that. If you're mm. if you're diabetic, you will have to have an alternative tracer. Ah, yeah. So, um, or you'll have to receive sort of special instructions to prepare for the exam, like uh, maybe pre, uh, like have a pre-insulin shot or anything like that, just to make sure that everything's going to plan before you suddenly yeah. go incredibly <laughs> the other way. <laughs> yeah, because you probably don't want to be in an MRI or PET scanner and. Um... Yeah. <laughs> be going through some shit and like need an EpiPen or whatever. Yeah. Um. And it's oh a- yeah. Sorry, go on. Ran- random side note. Speaking of EpiPens, yeah. um, watched a video and checked it out the other day. Obviously, going back to America and how like insane the healthcare yeah. system is. We're not dissing America. They've actually America. got a really good healthcare. It's just it's oh yeah yeah crazy fucking expensive. It's just like. It's really hard to wrap your head around as a Brit how it works. Yeah. But um, guess how much EpiPens cost? Shitloads. A single EpiPen. I'm going to say 400 quid. No, more. Oh, yeah. I, oh, no, yeah, I did see this interview. It was like seven grand or something stupid, wasn't it? it was, I think it was six grand for... No, three grand for two. Yeah. Or six grand for two. Something yeah. like that. But yeah, it was like in the thousands and I was like, mm, what? <laughs> yeah, but it's literally, like, apart from Canada and the UK, it's not too dissimilar pretty much anywhere else. Like um, if you go to Australia, yeah. um, one of my friends had to get an ambulance ride and that was uh, $900. I mean, that's not that bad. $900 for an ambulance is not that bad. I yeah. think in the States, it's like, that's in the thousands. Because yeah. they literally like, if you or in like a car accident for example people will like still drive themselves to the hospital or like don't call an ambulance because i physically cannot afford to pay for an ambulance fee which is just insane to me because like obviously in britain the first thing you're told is like don't touch someone if you're not med- medically trained because you might fuck them up even more but anyway uh, second side run over carry on 
character. Um, this one sort of, this bullet point sort of, sort of goes into same thing as yours last week. Um, leave any sort of metal objects, including like jewelry, glasses, dentures, whatever. Um, a particular one apparently is hairpins. People forget that they have hairpins in. Oh yeah, and, um, that's a good point. So it's just like little things that you or like wedding rings and stuff like that. Like obviously, like unless it's like, uh yeah, sort of non-ferrous metal or anything like that. But um, yeah, but you just wouldn't take the risk, would you? You no. just put it in the, put it in the yeah. locker. Um, yeah, that was something I actually thought about <laughs> when I went for my MRI. Yeah. I was like, <gasps> hair bubbles have little like metal snags on them. I was like, must not wear a hair bubble <laughs> just in case. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's me. Anyway, yeah. So those are the basic things that you should look at. Um, in terms of what it actually looks like, a PET scanner is just basically like a big white machine with a round sort of donut-shaped hole in the middle. You don't actually see any sort of like the gubbins of it all. It's just like a big fancy magic box that you're going to have no idea how it works. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, similar to like Amy's story last week, it's just going to be a series of just like intense noises, sort of just shouting at you, just going, "Okay, if you could just lay it down now, stay there, stay still, <laughs> don't move." Go 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 go! go. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> We're gonna leave. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so there's like a like a large amount of rings inside the detectors and inside the machine that record like energy emission from the radio traces in your body so like you really do have to sit perfectly still because this it's not taking just one image it's taking like a series of like and like i don't like a lot of images over like a series of like <laughs> i wasn't going to do the math i can't be fucked it's like there's a lot like it's a a, like it's over, it's over it's over like the course of about an hour you get like a you just became that meme yeah you know the meme where it's like triangles and like math yeah. and algebra i was just like <laughs> so, you know what People aren't gonna care. Just uh, it's gonna take enough images that you're gonna want to sit still for it. <laughs> it's like how it's like how uh, like night mode works on cameras. It's just like it just keeps the lens open longer, or takes like more pictures, and then it sort of takes the light out of those pictures, and then puts them all together and gives you the more sort of presentable image. Yeah, the more you know. That's basically it. That's um, the procedure is fairly straightforward. You, t- like, you do what the doctor tells you to do, and you sit still, and you do literally fuck all for an hour. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. that's pretty much it. Um, in terms of anything else, the doctor will, well, or the radiologist or whoever you're actually. Or whoever you're speaking to at the time will sort of thoroughly go through everything with you. Uh, the radio tracer typically takes about 30 to 30 minutes, like an hour, to travel through your body and is uh, absorbed sort of in the area under examination within that time frame. Um, you'll be asked to sit quietly and avoid movement or talking or anything like that. You'll probably be told not to eat before the procedure as well just be, oh, yeah. uh, in case like your stomach or like food absorbs mm-hmm. anything that's like if you've got anything that's um 
needs to be looked at in your stomach or anything like that. You really don't want to be sort of having it influenced by a large amount of food sort of covering everything. <laughs> um. In terms of experience of the actual procedure, um, it depends on what you're going in for or if you're already someone who's in the hospital. Um, so like uh, with some procedures, you may have to get like a catheter uh, put into your bladder, uh, which oh, yeah. may cause like temporary discomfort but it is sometimes necessary just in case like um like it was for any geriatric patients or anything like that it's just one of those things that you may have to deal with um yeah i guess it depends on as well like where they're looking in your body and like what size area and like how long the scan's gonna take basically yeah and uh if you if you were like sat under that for four hours you you probably wouldn't want to piss yourself and if you do have like fear of closed spaces or anxiety and claustrophobia or anything like that, um, it is not one of the most comfortable things that you'll ever sort of have to deal with. But it is the best to- technology we have at the moment, so it's just more of a sort yeah. of just, you just try your best. Um, yeah. In terms of how long the radio tracer is actually in you for, uh, so your natural sort of passing system is about an hour and a half. So, just uh, if you drink plenty of water, help flush the radio uh, radioactive materials out of your body. Just it should be gone within like the majority of it should be gone within like two hours, with the rest of it gone by the next twenty four hours. So yeah. Um, in terms of sort of long lasting effects, shouldn't like it should be gone within two hours. So you shouldn't really be worried too much, unless the half life of the thing you're dealing with is for an examination that is longer than two hours then the doctor will let you know and just say by the way this is an exam that's going to last like i don't know eight hours this is going to be quite a long one just be sure that you really know what you're going in for because the best thing you can do is know what's going on otherwise it's going to be really scary and if you don't know and someone just starts like covering you like like with a mask and asking you to breathe certain chemicals and you don't know what they are or like injecting you and you don't know what it is it's just nice to know stuff in it and you're like okay yeah you can have as much trust as you like but when you know what's going on you feel a lot safer don't you yeah definitely i think like so this is another side tangent again full of them today just want to talk about things Uh, (laughs) (laughs) like as a kid i had like really like a big fear of hospitals which i think like is quite a common thing but like I just really hated it. Really used to like fear going. Got really scared about it every time I went. But I think part of that was because when like my earliest experiences of hospitals were like when my granddad was really not very well, and um, I think part of that is because you don't know what's going on. Like especially as a kid, like if someone in your family's ill, and you know you're confused with that already, not knowing why they're giving them like certain treatments or you know certain procedures is scary if you don't know why they're doing it um so yeah i i'm a person that asks like a million and one questions as well when i go into like any procedure or any doctor of like what does this do how does this work will what's the risks associated with this blah 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 blah. and that's the best thing you can do like even just in life like the the more you know it's just like it's the better for you like I'd... yeah definitely but yeah um... i am um, 
before I went for my MRI, like I was driving there and I was like real fucking getting real anxious <laughs> and uh, was like freaking out a little bit in my head. But I was like, I know that there's nothing to be scared of because I know that there's nothing invasive about this whatsoever. I literally just have to lay down and stay still and that's it. But my fear was having a contrast agent put in um, just because like I'm fine with needles but I know that my veins are particularly hard to find. Like, I'm just a hard person to get blood out of, like, even on a good day. Like, you can squeeze my arm real fucking hard and you can, like, try and get a needle in me and my vein will collapse and then you'll have to try the other arm and that you won't be able to find a vein and then go back to the other one and it's a whole thing. Um, so I really don't like that. But, uh, I've, I've, um, I've got quite chunky veins um, I gave blood in November last year and um, mm. they were like oh well that, that was easy <laughs> honestly me and my sister are both the same like you just can't find <laughs> like I don't, I don't even know if I had like I don't know I don't know why I'm this way but I just have like really hard to find veins and stuff and it's real not very nice when you have to have anything put in you or taken out of you no it's not fun not fun um and that was like my big fear but um my wonderful boyfriend was like okay so you're feeling anxious and i was like yeah and then he was like okay why and i was like and he was like okay so what's the worst that can happen out of this like what's what's worst case scenario and i was like I don't know. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's not really that it's bad. Like, it's like when someone says like all of these things that can happen, it's like it's a big magnet. So you want to be careful that you don't have any metal on you. And you know for a fact that you have no metal in your body whatsoever. Yeah, I've checked four times already. But like even like you know that you don't have a metal hip or anything like that. And, but yet for some reason you'll just think, what if I've got a metal jaw? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What if that implant that I have is actually made out of iron and not copper? <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, like it's every time I go to the airport, like the first thing, like they said, oh yeah, like just make sure you've got like you pack your own bags. And I was like, yeah, but what if someone accidentally put a bomb in it? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so because we are working with radio traces, there are a few risks that you do need to probably be aware of, but they're all taken in to factor sort of like your health more than anything else at the moment in time rather than your future health it's not like they're just gonna fill you with loads of radioactive material just to see something <laughs> that they could probably just look at normally <laughs> yeah there's um, a reason it's there yeah there's a reason that they do it in such small doses um because only a small dose of the radio tracer is actually used um nuclear medicine exams uh, have a relatively low radiation exposure so uh, it's alright for diagnostic exams but um, you wouldn't want to sort of pump yourself with this stuff because it is radioactive material so <laughs> they've they've basically tried to like they've found the perfect point of which it's like a, a the point of where like we can see stuff and it's not toxic so yeah trust the procedure don't be like oh well they're just going to poison me i'm just being filled with like all these radio metals and i'm going to die because of this procedure <laughs> no you're not <laughs> <laughs> um the people have been doing uh nuclear medicine and diagnostic procedures for 
I want to say since the 60s, at least 50 years. Yeah. Um, and there's since like records began, there's been no long term adverse effects of such low exposure doses. So right. if it's not happened in the last 50 years, the chance of it happening to you, probably pretty small. <laughs> so although, yeah, it is a radio material, just be sure that like they've took this stuff into account and just been like, yeah, we do know what we're doing. Just realize that we actually sort of are actually pretty good at our job. <laughs> don't turn, don't turn it to a conspiracy and be like, oh well, they've given me cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, like, so obviously there's a difference between radio tracer and just a radioactive material, like being yeah. exposed to a radioactive material. Yeah. So if you'd like to, like to the raw isotope, is a lot more dangerous than it is to something that is enveloped by something yeah. organic so like a sugar or a or even like a protein or something like that it is a a shielding effect that comes with those so like it's not necessarily you're getting the full dose of the native metal than you would be if you were to just put the isotope directly into your veins yeah 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 anyway um obviously there's allergic reactions to certain things so depending on what you're allergic to, just sort of let your doctor know. And they'll be like, mm. oh, it'll probably be in your folder anyway. And they'll just be like, okay, yeah, well, you can't have this one because if you're allergic to fluorine, then you're fucked. So. <laughs> <laughs> you're fucked. <laughs> um, yeah, but there's not anything in particular that you should be worried about. It's um, It's quite a common procedure nowadays. It's not something that people have a strong need for but it, there is a need for it so yeah. like when you when you do or when you're told that it may be the best option for you to go for a pet scanner or an mri or a ct or x-ray or whatever um it's probably like you can always get a second opinion that's no like that's your completely your prerogative but <laughs> most of the time like people will like most of the doctors will concur and be like yep yeah, best way to do about this is now to have a look so we're gonna have to do this procedure. So, I mean, like, I think people tend to sit on the other side of the fence, don't they? Of like, they would argue that they would want something like that, yeah, to confirm like what it is that they've got in their head. So, like, for example, for me, it was unlikely that I was gonna have something like wrong with my brain or like anything abnormal um but it's like it gives you peace of mind to know that okay i don't have a brain tumor that's good <laughs> like good to know yeah. well. mm. but anyway yeah so that is pretty much all i need to sort of say about pet like i said it is basically only the fundamentals there's no point going into all the sort of arty farty stuff um because one it's not my place to say it i um you learned not. from my mistakes last week. <laughs> well, it's not just that. It's not just that. It's just like, why would I try and talk about something that uh, I am only somewhat versed in? Like, I'm not a professional in this. I'm not a radiologist. No. So, but I do know a certain amount about it. So, um, this is just sort of more for the people that want to learn. And like, even if it's just sort of like first year undergraduates, or if it's anyone that's going for a PET scan or anything like that, it's just a so a basic premise of what it is, what it does, how it works. What it do. Yeah. 
Cool. So if if there's anyone that does have any questions or wants to just message me, um, this coronavirus bullshit is really getting on my tits. So it'd be really nice if you did actually message me some questions. <laughs> it'd be because, nice to talk to people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because lately, as you heard, I've been watching documentaries on Swedish cities. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot going on in the COVID world. Yeah. And my Kindle has officially sort of almost given up the ghost. <laughs> well, good for you, Sam. I'm like, it's really weird for me because I feel like everybody else is in like your kind of state where they're like really fed up and like getting a bit bored because days are just like dragging on and there's not a lot to do to fill the time. But I am living in the complete opposite world at the moment. <laughs> like my work has been busier than normal. I'm working longer hours than normal. I also have a PhD thesis to finish and submit and um the rest of life is still carrying on as well (laughs) and yeah and you just have to remember it's for the greater good it's for the greater good (laughs) the greater good the greater good and a great (laughs) big bushy beard (laughs) (laughs) oh dear yeah so get you through if nothing else yeah uh so next week we've got a few ideas um it's gonna be either um more of Amy's previous work on cancer therapies and some more information about like just the sort of general principles around what she's doing and I think that could be interesting or it could be a completely new topic who knows yeah we're not gonna put a label on it just yet because um I'm undecided and it depends how much um this week stresses me out (laughs) or if anyone has any ideas that they'd like to put forward if they like the sort of stuff we're doing in terms of imaging there is a lot more imaging stuff that we could talk about if people are sort of if they can't be asked to read and they just want to listen to someone and explain it to them yeah. where those people's <laughs> that's, that's kind of why we're here i guess <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway yeah. okay um Thanks, Sam. Thanks yeah. for telling us about pet. no worries that was just an hour of rambling about something I kind of find it interesting. Other people That's what might we not. do every week. Fuck <laughs> them. <laughs> cool. Well, right. thank you. Right. And thanks for listening, okay. everybody. Do all the socials. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Yeah. Wash your Stay damn hope. hands. <laughs> Wash your nasty hands. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>